Welcome back to Terabytes, the place for news, explainers, interviews on the Terra ecosystem. And man, it has been a crazy week. You know, it's not even time for the next news bite. Uh, it's just Tuesday. It's not Wednesday yet. But since then, the price has, it, it hadn't even got to $2 last time I recorded. And now it's up to, what's it up to? Six, it hit $6, something like that? It hit $6, and I even saw it. Ladies and gentlemen, Pantera <laughs> is back on the show. Did you see his amazing meme? It's like he made Space Jam better, which I didn't think was possible. You got to go check out this meme and vote for it, by the way. He's not pulling those shenanigans like saying... Uh, like if you hit like if you like Donald Trump, hit retweet if you like Biden. And, you know, he's not trying to trick the viewers into voting, although we might do that later. <laughs> we might have, have to, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is even the, the launcher of the Mirror Meme Contest, the person who funded it and really pushed for it, said it is a fantastic meme. I think Doe anyway. Kwan gave us a shout out as well, didn't he? Yeah, he said something about Disney, um, which... <laughs> I guess it is Disney-ish, right? That when the when all the characters are growing into their M forms, the aliens are like growing into their monster mirror forms. Uh, it reminds me of um, uh, Jafar becoming the genie. Yes, yes, exactly. So welcome back to the show, Pantera. I think he'll be on pretty frequently. Your background is in payments, uh, which means you might be interested to talk about Chai, huh? Yeah, well, that's, that's interesting. Um... You know, I, the first episode you so graciously allowed me to join you, we talked a lot about Mirror, um, and I did admit, you know, I was, I kind of missed DeFi summer. Um, I was a Bitcoin maximalist at that point, just kind of waiting in the waters and not, not really doing my research because I was off with other ventures at the time. But uh, my background is in payments, and I've, I've built my own payments app. Um, I worked for a large international company on payments and, and we partnered with some pretty major banks in South America and even in Korea. Um, so to, to see Chai as something that's catching on in Korea, uh, it's definitely intriguing and it's something that I would love to do a deeper dive on and uh, actually get my hands on the software and maybe talk to people that use it and see, uh, see how the use cases are uh, because if there's a simple payments app, uh, you know, what more could you ask for, for, for blockchain, uh, applications? But I don't actually think the people want to hear about Chai today because there is a major, actually, there's a major event that just happened today. We could talk about that's right. The, uh, the burning, the burning, or at least the burning started. And then also we could talk about, uh, earlier this week, it was announced or last week, I guess, at the end of the week. Doe confirmed at East Denver that Anchor was going to be dropped to Luna Stakers. So what is Anchor and also what is this burn? Those are probably some great topics to hit today, I think. Yeah. You're, aren't you supposed to be the one asking the questions here? Yeah, absolutely. And let me let me start off by asking, what is this burn all about? I mean, I've seen a lot of people um, acting as though it's just a, a marketing plot by Do Kwon and the team at Terraform Labs to just say, hey, we're going to burn 11% of the supply and, uh, you know, everybody buy now. And by the way, I actually did buy as soon as I saw him tweet that and it worked out well. Um, but it's not, it's not just like they're deciding to just as a central committee, just burn the supply and change it. There's actually a reason behind this and there's a proposal behind it. So can you explain, you know, what's going on with this, uh, with the change in this proposal and what's the impact it has on Luna? Yeah, sure. It's not just a marketing move. A lot of protocols, a lot of 
projects have done marketing moves where they just say, hey, we're going to burn the the dev fund or we're going to burn the team, a certain amount of team tokens or something like that. Um, and it, it's a marketing stunt. I mean, it is, it is technically, you know, it's kind of driving value back to the token holders. At least that's what it's perceived as and economically makes sense. You're reducing the supply. So their tokens should be more valuable. Um, and, and so it's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But this was not a decision of some foundation. Uh, this wasn't a, you know, you know, an action arbitrarily taken by Doe or by a C-suite who said, "Well, let's burn, let's burn a bunch of tokens." Um, this was voted for. It was proposed by an outside group, Jump Trading, and voted for, and passed, and then implemented. And it was voted for to address a very specific problem which was that UST, the US stablecoin on Terra, was trading at a premium. It was running higher than a dollar pretty consistently. There wasn't enough supply of UST to meet demand. People want UST. They want it for Mirror. They want it for other things. And they couldn't get enough of it because there were limitations on how much could be printed each day, basically. So now that capital swaps are more efficient and... Like, uh, if I hit technically on chain liquidity is closer to off chain liquidity, but still under it. Uh, now there can be more UST printed. So now that demand can be met, which will result in more UST being available and so a more stable UST coin, but also on the other side will result in more Luna being burned. Because the way you make UST is by burning Luna. The entire machine that makes all this work, the reason Luna exists as a coin, was upgraded with this jump trading proposal. It's not that somebody said, well, let's burn a bunch arbitrarily now, and that's why you didn't see 11% or whatever get burned immediately. It's that the parameters were tweaked to feed the burning machine more. It all kind of started with Do Kwon, and he had uh, a tweet thread, as he tends to do. He's a, a huge shitposter on Twitter. He's a great follow whether you're into Luna or not, in my opinion. He comes out with this announcement, and one of the things he says is that, um, you know, starting next week, whenever you see UST trading at 1 plus A, you can buy and burn Luna to mint UST and sell it to capture risk-free profit, quote-unquote, uh, as long as your slippage in buying Luna is lower than A. And I, I guess where I kind of was still a little shaky was the whole supply crisis and why is there a supply crisis? Um, and you know, what, what changes with prop 27 in order to make the minting of UST more efficient than before? So to protect the ecosystem from Oracle manipulation attacks, um, the on-chain liquidity has to be limited to be less good than off-chain liquidity. Um, and so, however, the protection that we had was kind of overdoing it, arguably. And the jump trading proposal made the whole process that mints UST, though the capital swap process involved, 10 times more efficient and brought us closer to off-chain liquidity, though still under it. Uh, basically, it increased, like the refresh time is faster for the amount of UST that can be minted and so on. I think the result is that whereas before you could have, I forget the exact numbers, it was like a limit of $400,000 UST uh, per day, and that went up to like 10 million UST per day or something like that. Uh, let me, I'll look that up while you uh, 
follow up with another brilliant question. <laughs> yeah, so um, there, there should be two results of this. One is that we see those premiums begin to come back to down to peg. And then the other one should be that we see the supply of Luna getting smaller. Are both of those true? Have you have we checked on those? Yeah. Yeah, both of those are true. Um, I mean, it's day one. So no promises that when you listen, it'll be, I mean, something else might come up, right? But UST is is bouncing around a dollar right now. Um, I think it's at a dollar one right now, which is better than a dollar five. And Luna has been burning all day in order to start meeting that supply. We've burned at least, uh, we've burned over a million at least today. And um, we'll probably burn two million by tonight. Wow. And so both both of those things are happening. And the price of Luna, of course, is going up. And as the price of Luna goes up, you have to burn less, right? Because I'll explain this real quick, how the swap works. In order to make UST, right? Let's say you see that UST is a dollar five, and you're like a dollar and a dollar five. There's a difference there. I can make money. Whenever there's a spread like that, I can probably make money somehow. Well, the way you make money is you take Luna and put it in the machine, and the Oracle gets the price for you and gives you one UST for $1 worth of Luna. And then since you have one UST and it's worth $1.05, you can go and sell it for $1.05. And hey, you just made five cents. Of course, you wanna do this with more than $1 because in most jurisdictions, five cents isn't, isn't a lot. <laughs> so you mint a bunch of UST for a dollar each and you sell them for a dollar five each and you are driving the price down a little bit on the UST and you're also making money. Now, if it's under, if UST is cheaper and it's 95 cents, then you go and buy UST, driving the price up a little bit, and you mint it into Luna at a dollar. So it goes both ways, but as there's demand for UST, it'll go the primarily the Luna to UST route. And there's an interesting vocabulary word for this, isn't there? Yes, there is. Signorage? 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 <laughs> I think it's Signorage. Signorage. Yeah, it's it's yes, it's Signorage. Signorage. Signorage, and this is a a term that you will uh, you'll see in some other DeFi protocols as well. One of the, they were one of the most prolific uh, parts of the DeFi summer was figuring out how to do stable coins in various ways, and this way this way it looks pretty good. Pretty good. So sticking on the theme of Doquan tweets, that could be the maybe the title of this episode is Doquan tweets. Although that might be that might be a theme throughout time. One of the other big announcements from Do Kwan, and this was actually something that he talked about um, in Denver. Was it at a conference or, or a digital conference? Um, if it, East East Denver. East Denver. He, yeah, Ethereum Denver. He they announced uh, more details about Anchor and what is Anchor all about? Anchor is a savings protocol, like a savings account, but running on blockchain. So, you know, you go to your bank, you save some money, you throw in some dollars and you get like 0.15% interest. <laughs> you may have thousands of dollars in the bank account and you get a statement and you made two cents. Um, and it's just, it's not really the greatest APR. On blockchain, APRs are much higher whether it's proof of stake or it's because of yield farming and and fees from stablecoin swaps or or M asset swaps or whatever, 
However, they're so volatile. If you go on Mirror Finance and you look at like M Tesla or M Netflix or M2QQ or, or MIU, the gold trust or any, pick any assets, their APR right now will be like 390%. And then the next day it might be 200%. And then the next day it's up to 360%. And of course, at those levels, you don't, you get in no matter what, right? You don't really care so much. Um, but what we want to be able to create is a less volatile interest rate, like a reference rate for for blockchains in general, in fact. Anchor Protocol doesn't just aim to be the reference rate for the Terra blockchain, but it's already been, it's already a, a partner with, I don't degrees I guess vary, but it's a partner with Solana and Cosmos and Polkadot and can run proof of stake on all these in order to establish that more stable reference rate. Like, so you just, it, it's supposed to be easy to use as well. So you are a normal, normal Joe, normal Carol, you're walking around, you've got a phone, you don't really like to use a computer, ledger, I don't know, whenever you see someone with a ledger, you think it's just a USB drive <laughs> and you have no idea how any of this works, right? You, you, don't, you don't even have a concept of DeFi, but you know you have money and you want to put it somewhere and get a reasonable interest rate on it. Right. So you have Anchor and you're saving your US dollars or your Korean won or your euros or whatever in that Anchor wallet and you're getting a stable interest rate. And you don't know that that is backed by proof of stake blockchains. It's backed by uh, B assets and minting and um, just kind of leveling things out a little bit for for the protocol and so on. It's backed by a whole system of like liquidation protection and, and all this stuff. You don't need to know that. You just know you've got, hey, I've got stable, easy interest on my deposits. Yeah. And what Anchor is trying to do is really create what they call um, the gold standard of savings uh, of passive income, basically. And so it, there's a couple interesting features that they have here. And I think these are things that that are definitely going to make it stand out and definitely give it a chance to, to achieve their goals. And the first is principal protection. And the way that I, at least the way I interpret this, <clears throat> is... It's essentially like whenever you borrow uh, for margin, like on a KuCoin, or if you're you know, a degenerate and you get into some of the, the higher margin trading, you borrow that money from someone, but if your trade starts going in the wrong direction, you're liquidated. You lose your initial deposit, and that covers the person that lent you the money. And so that's essentially a key feature of Anchor, where your deposit is going out and being played in the field so that you can actually earn some interest on it. But you've got that protection backing you so that if uh, someone decides that they're going to make a risky play or uh, do something that's not wise with with whatever your initial deposit is, um, they're going to get liquidated before they can wipe out your account, which I, I think is cool. Um, the other thing that's a little bit different about this is instant withdrawals. And, you know, aside from a traditional savings account or something that like a like a Roth IRA or a CD where you might start it when you're 16 years old and have a million dollars by the time you're 65, even though a million dollars when you're 65 is only worth what 70,000 was worth when you're 16 and opened up the account. Um, you can actually withdraw this at any time. So it's not like you get penalized or anything for taking your money out early. Right, right. Yeah, I understand. And, and coming from the blockchain perspective, you also don't have to like 
wait around like Luna. I mean, there's reasons for this, but you don't have to wait 21 days to withdraw, right? Um, and there will be an airdrop of Anchor that's given to Luna stakers, correct? Yes, there will be. And you know what? I don't even know what the Anchor token does. Hmm. I'm looking through here um, because there's there's money markets that underlie all this, right? There's like there's a whole borrowing and lending system behind it that powers your your savings, basically. I mean, that's like at a normal bank. When you save at a normal bank, the money doesn't sit there in a vault and somehow magically multiply or, you know, create coins from your bills. They lend it out and that's how they make the money to give you your interest. Um, and it's the same here. There's not just proof of stake involved, uh, but there's also the Terra money market and liquidation protection for people that are borrowing and lending on the, uh, or rather liquidation protection for savers when people who are borrowing on the Terra money markets default when they, uh, they run out of money. Um, but I don't see what the anchor token does. And maybe, uh, maybe they didn't know at the time these papers were written, what it does. I guess we're going to have to find out. Was there a timeline at all? I've heard that it is end of February or beginning of March. Now there's no timeline on the actual drop or the snapshot for that matter. So who knows when the snapshot is taken of Luna stakers, which determines who gets what tokens and how much. Mm -hmm. um, but end of February or possibly beginning of March is what I've heard for the Anchor product itself. I, if I had to guess, I would say that the token gets you some sort of uh, collection of fees of that, you know, the, the principal. So people are... Maybe whenever you right. deposit, uh, that's in Anchor. And so that's, you know. So I don't know if the Anchor token does this, but I know that some other protocols, the holder of, like, like I mean, Maker, the Maker holder, um, they're kind of like a last resort in case the system starts having trouble. Uh, if, if you see, uh, if you see positions get liquidated and the system can't raise enough die to cover the debt, then Maker gets diluted and, and sold off. So the system actually mints more Maker and sells it to recover die in order to pay out the debt. Mm. So now, of course, that's that's better than Maker going to zero, right? Like if you're the underlying token of Maker and the system falls apart, becomes insolvent, you, you might end up with a worthless token, maybe. Um, but, you know, so they risk, so these governance token holders, these Maker governance token holders risk dilution if you know the decisions they make make the the platform unable to cover its debt so maybe there's something like that with the anchor token i don't know um there's enough protest against maker in these white papers uh to make me think that they wouldn't necessarily adopt that but i'll be interested to see what the anchor protocol does the anchor token does my guess is like you said get a percentage of fees participate in governance and uh maybe this last resort kind of thing well they say good things come in threes and so we'll cover i think one more doquan tweet here and this one is the most mysterious of them all which is the alice uh follow alice underscore finance on twitter and the only tweet from this account 
is hashtag who is Alice with a lot of speculation from from the lunatics out there. By the way, big shout out to the lunatics on Twitter. Feel free to give me a follow at Pantera Zero X if you're into uh, spicy memes about Luna. But what are we thinking Alice is all about? So Alice looks great. It's uh, It looks like they're trying to take all these products, Mirror and Anchor and uh, some integration with Incentive. Injective, that's it. Injective protocol, um, like features and things like that. And bring them all into one clean, easy-to-use personal finance dashboard called, maybe codenamed, called Alice. Alice in Wonderland. It is pretty wonderful. And you you actually sent me a, uh, what was it, like a screenshot of what looked like a, a user interface. Where did you find that? Uh, Doe tweeted that out. It's the only, uh, I guess the only vision we've had of it. So he tweeted out that concept. And now there's a Twitter account you can go follow. So aside from the uh, the tweets from Doe Kwan that we're following, also Elon Musk, uh, who's been crypto-friendly for quite a while, announces was it i think it was today this morning he announced that tesla is one invested 1.5 billion in bitcoin and two mm-hmm. is looking to accept payments in bitcoin fairly soon yeah huge bitcoin ran is still running i don't know where it's going to be at the end of tonight um i guess asia is waking up to the news right yeah. uh it's oh crap it's down to like 20 it's it crashed hard oh no <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's, it's at like 46 K, um, which is insane. It pumped seriously. Yeah, it pumped seriously. It was at 36, maybe. It, it pumped a lot yesterday, or, or even less. So the news must have got leaked to somebody. Maybe, but I mean, there was also the like Sailor had pitched it in his huge conference with like 8,000 executives. Some people are saying 1,200, but it was actually like 8,000 attendees. Um, and just some other news. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I think you really think we can say that. Oh, obviously, a lot of people knew ahead of time. Well, who knows? <laughs> it's fun to speculate and act um, like I knew that. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe that was actually part of the final buying, though. Who knows what timeline they bought it over? I don't know if it said. Uh, so anyway, yeah. But this, when Bitcoin runs, if you've been around long enough, you get used to this idea that if Bitcoin goes down, it's bad for everything. Everything goes down. And if Bitcoin goes up, it's bad for alts. <laughs> because Bitcoin runs up and nothing else, like the only situation in which alts do really well is Bitcoin going sideways, usually. But this Luna is one of the major exceptions here. Today, we saw Luna pump in, like what, what it, it doubled, maybe, today. Um along with Bitcoin running up. So that was, uh, that's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I know we've got this burn, but I think there's a lot of other things at play here. Uh, you know what, at that conference I mentioned, Mike Novogratz, come on, Mike Novogratz. He's, he's gonna, I gotta get him on the podcast at some point. Review and rate so we can get enough subscribers to the podcast, please, to get Mike Novogratz <laughs> we on. We know him, we have his contact info. Um, yeah, we do actually. Uh, but <laughs> Mike Novogratz at the Sailor Conference for Bitcoin, like Bitcoin playbook for corporate finance executives, right? That was the whole point. Hey, here's how we bought Bitcoin at MicroStrategy. Here's how you can do it. Here's the legal. Here's the regulatory ramifications. Here's the financial ramifications, the risk. Here's the, you know, all this stuff. And a two-day conference. 
And a lot of service providers of selling Bitcoin uh, for that sell Bitcoin to corporate clients, uh, they were there to pitch their services. So you had Galaxy Digital and Swan Bitcoin and Kraken and Coinbase and Gemini and all these these companies saying, hey, we can help you. Here's how we help you. Here's what makes us good and so on. Galaxy Digital, Mike Novogratz gets on there and name drops Luna at a Bitcoin conference. I mean, I don't think I would have the balls <laughs> to, to go into a Bitcoin conference and get on TV, get on stage, get on video and name drop some other coin. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, there's been a ton of crazy news going on. I've been admittedly kind of glued to the charts but even behind the scenes people building some awesome stuff if you want more information on this give us a follow on twitter as always if you give a rating to the podcast and leave a review that's very helpful so other people can get into luna and help us keep pumping that price um and check us out on youtube we've got some really cool tutorials we're coming out with some more tutorials uh, i believe We've got one coming out on just regular staking to validators on Luna. I don't know if you know or not, but you can actually change your stake to validators on Luna without having to wait 21 days. So we're going to go over that and a couple other awesome things. And uh, that's about it for me. Yep. Go vote for the Terabytes validator if you want to support the ecosystem. There might be other ways to support it in the future. Maybe, maybe not. We've got some exciting things planned for you. And maybe there will be some exclusives for terabytes voters. I, I can't say definitively yes or no, but it might happen. So until next time, stay safe, keep learning, and I'll see you on the next terabytes.